That's a bold, bold, bold prediction, that is. Hello and welcome back to Joy's FPL. My name is Dan. I'm one half of Joy's FPL and I'm joined again by Stephen for the last time of the current FPL season. Stephen, how are you, pal? I'm not too bad. This season's flew hour, hasn't it? We're on episode 35 now as well, so we're doing our eat. Do you feel like it's went quicker since it's the first season pod or do you think it's went a bit slower because we've had to think about each game week as they come and have to create some content every week or do you think that's made it go faster I kind of work it out really I honestly think it's flew over like although we've done this is our 35th episode now I think each game week's just flew over compared to normal I think it drags on normally but I think it's just because we've yeah. got more interest in it maybe yeah potentially but sometimes when you like you delve into it and you feel like you're researching things so often it can feel like it drags out a little bit more but True. no this season's definitely had its ups and downs and its roundabouts and um we're at the end of it now, mate. It has, and really enjoyed it so far. I mean, how have you got on compared to your targets from the beginning of the season? I'm sure I've said in the predictions pod we're done at the very, very, very start of the season, which we'll, we'll review probably the next podcast or some point over the summer. I'm sure I said top 100k. I'm currently at 106k, so I'm not far off it. A couple of, couple of big hitters in the next week or, well, continue with this game week then i think i will get there and i'll be happy with that as well yeah. how are you doing with yours so far i mean we're not at the very end yet so we can't quite review it yet that's it i think i said top fifty thousand, and i'm 122,000 at the minute so not where i wanted to be but i'm happy with the progress still yeah so Stephen, last podcast we were amidst a massive double game week we still had 15 players left to go we're on a bench boost this is slightly older news now but game week 36 how did you finish on yeah it was a very good game week in the end um 125 points with a bench boost of 32 so very nice it ended up quite good foster dewsbury hall gordon emerson royale all doing quite well Game week rank of, or do you know what happened to your overall rank at the end of that? Yeah, I went from 128k to 104k, and the game week rank was 539k, so pretty decent overall for a bench boost. Yeah, that's not bad. I did on 140. Obviously, I had KDB. He was very, very, very close to being captaincy, but you can't have it all. Can't have it all, yeah. 30 points from him in the end. My bench boost wasn't as successful as yours. Um, I got 24 points at a bench boost, which I think is good overall. But when 14 of them come from Foster, you don't really expect that. Um, game week rank of 232,000, which is obviously good. And that gave me a rank jump from 125k to 81k. So that's that's a huge swing, really, like 40-odd k there. Yeah. Um, obviously, this week hasn't went to plan, which we'll talk about now. And I've dropped back down to 106k, as I mentioned before. Um, this week, Stephen, I've got 24 points. Pretty pretty terrible, to be honest with you. My only returnee is Watkins with an 8, who was actually close to coming out, so I'm glad I kept a hold of him. Mm. Um, captaincy fail at the moment. We must caveat this, saying we are recording this on Wednesday, so there's still a round of fixtures pretty much to go on Thursday. Um Bad transfer. I took Madison out and replaced him with Zaha and captained him. That's a 13-point swing already, that's so that's stinging. very poor. Yeah, Trent no-show. De Bruyne and Son done nothing. Son was another transfer that I felt forced into this week because of Salah. 
Mm. Um, and then just blanks across the board. You've even got a zero off Schmeichel there. 24 points lower than the average so far. But optimistic, still got players left to go. Rank drop of about 35k so far, so or 25k, sorry. So not looking good at the moment, but I think yours, well, your transfers and your game week rank is a lot more interesting than mine, Stephen. I would say it's interesting, but I did make some mistakes with the transfers as well, which I'll, I'll get on to. Um, 38 points so far, Dan. Give me a game week rank of 1.8 million. Um, I've still dropped to 122k, but that is because of a minus eight I took on transfers. Um, returnees so far, Emerson Royale with a six-pointer. Um, Richarlison with a 12-pointer. Kane with a seven-pointer. Um, and I went for Ings as my captaincy this week, who I transferred Watkins out for. So that hasn't looked too good as of yet. But like you mentioned, there's still a few games left to go. So hopefully he can do something against Burnley tomorrow night. Um, otherwise, my other transfers were Richarlison in for Pucky, which seems a decent transfer so far although Pucky did get a goal as well so he did I know yeah I just hire him on the cunt list along with a few others um sure. and I brought Zaha in for Salah that's who I brought him in for Salah and obviously he he's only got two points so far but he's got Everton to play tomorrow so all could well change um but yeah 38 points seems okay but when you take into account the eight-point transfer reduction. Um, it's a pretty average game week for me so far. So, Stephen, talk us through the minus eight. Was that planned? Was there injury news that totally skiffed you? Because I know, obviously, Watkins was, you know, the rumour was he was, wasn't was pictured in training. I'm going to presume that's why Ings came in for him. But minus eight this late in the season, is it because you are, we were through, well, you were, you're getting very close now, points behind in the mini-league. Was it just the last gasp attempt to, Claw back some points, do or die. Yeah. Well, I was never planning to bring Ings in. The Watkins injury news was what uh, prompted me to bring Ings in. So originally, I just planned to bring in Zaha and Richarlison. Um, and I was going to captain Richarlison as well. So that Ings transfer for Watkins is a bit of collateral damage because obviously Watkins returned and I would have had Richarlison as captain if I, if I just left it as it is. So, yeah. The, and it's a minus four as well. That's it. Uh, so, I think I'd be looking a lot better for the points this week if I didn't make that late transfer. But sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't. It does, yeah. You're right. But, so, Stephen, give me 37 still ongoing. There's not much more we can say on that now other than my 24 points is a work in progress and hopefully some captaincy returns for both of us tomorrow night. Um. Game week 38, it's the last game. So I thought we might take it back a little bit to probably the teen episodes that we were doing when we were given a bit of a prediction on the game and who we thought might have been the highest scorer or just a good asset because there's going to be a lot of players now who are in punt season. You know, chip season's over, it's punt season. They've got one transfer, two transfers left. They're sitting there mid-table in the mini-league. Maybe he's even trying to make some ground on that league rival and they're after a punt. So, Steve, we'll go through the fixtures for 38 alphabetically as they appear on the FPL website. We'll do a little prediction. You know, it doesn't have to be too much. And maybe who we think will be the highest scorer of that game. Yes, I'm ready for you. So, we start off, but of course we don't start off because the old games on Sunday are a four o'clock kickoff, meaning that the deadline is half two. Plenty of time to hear loads of rabble on Twitter about random team predictions and random new accounts telling you that 
don't know, Anthony Gordon's on the bench. <laughs> but don't believe them. So don't believe them, people. Just just do be your game. But we'll start there, actually. Arsenal-Everton. Now, these are two teams that have both got something massive to play for, potentially on the last day. They can always be slip-ups on the last day, so I think they both need to really need knuckle down. I think you'll expect to see two full, strong lineups like we're accustomed in some games not to see the full start in 11, but I think we will in these two games. Score predictions, Stephen, and who is going to be the highest point scorer of this game? I think this game is going to completely depend on how Everton fare tomorrow, because if Everton win tomorrow against Crystal Palace, they actually won't have anything to play for on Sunday, and I think he could rotate the squad quite heavily. Um, so if we just bear in mind that Everton don't win tomorrow, I think that could end up being a score draw on, on Sunday. I'm thinking 1-1. Yeah, I'd go along with that. And and if it's if it's the other way around, whereas Everton win tomorrow, let's say Everton win do win tomorrow against Crystal Palace, I think Arsenal come out and I beat them quite comfortably yeah. because though all the pressures off Everton. We talk about sometimes with Norwich and Watford, they're already down. They play with a bit of freedom, but they've had time to process the fact that they're getting relegated now. Whereas Everton may not have had the time to process. Oh well, we're still up now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I think they'll just not they'll not be arsed. I'd imagine an Arsenal player. I'm going I'm going for it in that scenario, maybe it's a two 0 Arsenal. And I think it's probably a Bukayo Saka will probably be the player of the match. Yeah, I would say Odegaard, uh, just because I've got Saka on my team, he's done nothing recently since I've brought him back in. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Odegaard there. But yeah, I think I totally agree. Arsenal will win if Everton win tomorrow, but if not then it'll be a score draw. Moving on to Brentford Leeds, and I suppose this is a similar situation to the Everton one, where if Everton do lose tomorrow night, then Leeds have got a lot more to play for, etc., etc. Um, but just looking at the base of it, Leeds, you know, they've had a few red cards now. They've still got a few bad injuries in there. Brentford are a good team. I, I was quite shocked to see that they were in 11th. For some reason, I thought they had really fell off the last few weeks, but I don't know if that's just because we were expecting them to with the bad run of fixtures, but they've done really well out of it. Um, I'm still going to go for a, a 3-1 Brentford. Yeah, I'm thinking Brentford, both teams to score and win at this point. Um, they're very good at set pieces and that man Eriksson has been a, a breath of fresh air since he's came in. Obviously Leeds are susceptible at set pieces as well. Tend to concede quite a few along with Leicester. So I think he could play a very good game on Sunday against them. Yeah, I think Ericsson could well be the top point scorer as well, Stephen. Yeah, I would agree with that. On to Brighton against West Ham. Um, it seems like a bit of a nothing game now. Brighton are in good form at the moment and so West Ham picked up a little bit of form towards the end of the season. Um, they could still end up finishing sixth if Man U don't get a result on the weekend. So maybe there is a little bit to play for with that because that would get them into the Europa League instead of the Euro Conference. Um Difficult game, really. Could be another draw. Yeah, I mean, Brighton are often known as being a team that can't score many goals, but in recent weeks, they've really put that to bed. Um, West Ham, they're still off this Europa hangover and they still can't get up to speed in the Premier League. I mean, yes, there was a great performance against Man City on the weekend, but I think that was with the caveat of people were really coming together. The fans were really up to it, with it being Mark Noble's last game mm. in charge. Um, I still think that West Ham are obviously dangerous. I wouldn't be touting a defender to be one of the highest scorers in this game. I think there could be goals, surprisingly. 
I think Trossard could come out and do something well. Yeah, he's been good recently, Trossard. I think out of the two teams, you'd be looking at Trossard or Bowen. Bowen's hitting a little bit of form towards the end of the season again, and he's probably the the best value for money this season, I would say. Oh, quite comfortably. I'm quite surprised to see him not in many... I mean, it definitely wasn't in Carras and Neville's team of the season. It was pretty pretty obvious what they were going to go through, and I don't think even got a much of a mention when they were doing their team of the seasons, but it's definitely what it definitely be up there in mine, I think, for the season, and it wouldn't put him past him actually getting a few at Brighton on the weekend either, but I do fancy Trossard this week. He's been in good form. Predictions? I'm going to say 1-1 again for this one. I think it could be a score draw as well, but I think Brighton might just nick it with a 2-1. Right. On to Burnley versus Newcastle, which, again, a bit of a nothing game for Newcastle, albeit we played very well against Arsenal on Monday night in another nothing game for us. Um, Burnley... Oh, no, no, no. All the pundits will tell you that Arsenal just played badly. All oh, right. Is that how it is, is it? That's how, that's how it works when we do well, mate. Aye. But anyways, on to the Burnley-Newcastle game. Yeah, Burnley obviously playing to, to stay up. Um, they've got a game tomorrow as well, so that could all change things. Um, but... I can see Burnley picking up points against us on the last day of the season. I would say if really? if it was at Newcastle, I would I would be completely for the Newcastle win. But with Burnley being at home and potentially needing to win the game to stay up, I think I'm going to go with a Burnley two-one win. Wow. Well, I think I'll go opposite, mate. I do think Burnley will get one, and I think Burnley will probably score the first one as well. But I just think Newcastle have got too much there now. There's too much togetherness. Callum Wilson's back, mate, and I, he looked good on the on uh, Monday night. Looked very fresh. Looked I mean, he's, he's mine as a, a tooth now, I. <laughs> but um, he looked good. And I think he'll be the highest point scorer as well. I, I fancy him. I mean, unbelievably, he's still our highest scorer. He hasn't played for, like, literally... People say he hasn't played half the season. He literally hasn't played half the season, if not more. In the part of the season he did play, we were absolutely fucking shite. He's still our highest goal scorer with six, and I think he gets one, maybe he's even two on the weekend. And if you're looking for a punt, I'll tell you what, if you're sitting on a Watkins or anything like that there, I think he is the punt. Yeah, I wouldn't put people off punting on him. Um, he, like you say, he's our I best. I think he's the punt of the week, mate. I think he's the punt of the game week. Yeah, we're a completely different team when he's when he's in when he's in the team. Um, I would say Corne from Burnley if he plays up front again, he's a good option from them. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. Now Chelsea Watford, both teams that are settled. Watford are down. Chelsea are in third. Watford were absolutely dreadful last time out. Is this going to be a case of a team that's put down tools completely and they get absolutely battered as they did against Leicester? Or we're going to have like a resurgence like Newcastle did against Spurs on the last game of the season? I don't know what we're, what we're looking at here. I can't see a resurgence for Watford. I mean, I've been yeah. sitting griefing these um, Chelsea players that I've got in my team, but for this game, I just feel daft if I'm going to transfer one of them out. Against... Oh, you can of transfer you, them out. You can of can you? It looks like it's a guaranteed clean sheet. Um, there'll be attacking returns as well. So even Lukaku is looking looking a good option for this game week. Fucking hell. Mental, isn't it? That's a bold statement. Havertz is meant to be injured. Werner's meant to be injured. Lukaku, Pulisic, looking good options for this game week if you haven't got an, uh, a Chelsea forward. I've got Mount, obviously, already. It's obviously um, predicting... What's going to happen, really, isn't it? Because I still got Mount. I've still got Mount. I have sit with three Chelsea in Alonso, Mount, yeah. and James. I thought you had uh, binned them off already. 
Um, yeah, Chelsea Watford. It's it's going to be all about the lineup, isn't it? He might try something different on the last game of the season. There's plenty of youngins there that could do something. Ziyech, Ruben Loftus Cheek. These are all players that could get minutes. Yeah, if you mention that um, Werner and Havertz are both out. <clears throat> but you're right. I can't see anything more than a clean sheet for Chelsea and probably a three nil win. I'm going for. But if a player the match, oh, I don't know. I'd have to agree with you, 3 0. I mean, if there's a clean sheet in there and there's some good attacking returns, surely Reese James or Alonso won't be far away. Oh, yeah, you've got to go along with that as well. So, who are you seeing the high point scorers for this one? I'll go Reese James. Well, I'll say Alonso because I own him. <laughs> and he's the only Chelsea I own. On to Crystal Palace Man U. Yeah, Crystal Palace versus Man U. Um, Crystal Palace look like they could do have a very good game against Man U here yeah, with them being on the beach already. Um, I can see I can see Crystal Palace winning this one. Is that just because is that anything to do with league position or is that just how bad Man United have been? It's just how bad Man United have been. Um, I, I can't say like, they're basically on the beach. They they've got nothing really to play for. Um, half the players want to leave. I can't see them doing anything against Crystal Palace, especially at their place as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking a little bit in Ten Hag, usually the IX team, I think they're going to the Caribbean or something like that for the postseason trip and he's not going because he's going to concentrate on the Man United stuff and to be fair, probably a good idea because there's fucking a lot to sort out there. Um, yeah, Crystal Palace, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if they kept a clean sheet as well. Mm. Would I be touting any of the Crystal Palace players as the punt on the last game of the season? No, I wasn't. But Zaha, as Elise, we mentioned it last week, and there's still time for them to do it against Everton. I think them, them boys could be in the points this week. So uh, if you're going to punt someone, it's not going to be the go-to game to go-to if you're going to punt, but those players could do well. And Zaha, I'm going to say Zaha is going to be the player of the match. Yeah, he could easily get a penalty, couldn't he, against them lot? Um, and that'll, that'll give him double figures most likely. So I'll go with Zaha as well. Moving on to Leicester-Southampton, which now appears to be probably one of the most evenly matched games this game week. Um, obviously, Leicester have been terrible this season. Another set-piece goal they've let in. Um, obviously, the bad five, so that can't be forgotten about. Southampton gave Liverpool a big scare last night as well. Uh, still a very good team. <sighs> What's the score going to be? I think it's going to be... It might even be a board draw instead of a score draw. This could well be a nil-nil just last of the season, just petering out a little bit. Do you reckon off the back of a 5-1 Leicester will get a nil-nil? Oh. Mate, Leicester have had no consistency this, this season, so that that could just literally be the, the sum-up of their season. A 5-1 and then a nil-nil. I'm just thinking with Vardy back, it could be goals. Again, I'm going to say 3-1 to Leicester. Well, we're going very, very different here. Well, if you're predicting goals, mate, I'll let you predict the player of the game. Uh, yes, I'm going to go with Barnes. He looked very good on the weekend. He got two goals. Um, surely it's his place to lose now. I think he'll do well. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Um, Liverpool Wolves. Is this is the title race still on? I mean, I know technically it is, but are we just saying Man City win against Villa and that's it? Well, it looks like at this rate, but a lot of people would have said that they'd beat West Ham as well, especially um, when West Ham are off the back of a difficult European campaign, but they made it tough for them. Um, it is at Man City, which could be the, the major difference in this game. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Man City should win comfortably. I'd, I'd be thinking 3-0 for Man City. 3-0 Man City. Um, yeah, you kind of go wrong there. I don't know. Maybe it's a Foden since he was... 
was he rest was he rested on the weekend or was it the weekend before? I think he, he was rested. Ah, uh, he was rested. Yeah. Could well be Foden to come out on top here as well. But the Liverpool game, and I was quite is anything that what can we take from the lineup last time? Because let's be honest, they played the second eleven against Southampton. They're still one, two, one. I thought they might have really, really, really went for it and tried to build up some of the goal difference. Maybe if they got like a four or a five, it would have put some extra pressure on City. Definitely. Um, is, it in, is it injuries for Liverpool or is it, were they getting rested? I mean, I'm not sure because you had like Robertson on the bench, but no Trent. Was that injury? I'd, I'd... It seems like a combination, doesn't it? It seems like a combination of some injuries, some uh, obviously rotation. Um, I've, I was seen, I've seen a report saying that Liverpool are one of the teams that have rotated the most this season, especially even at the beginning of the season. And that's why they've managed to get a similar team out towards the end. Um, so I think I think Klopp just likes to rotate, especially when it's in a short space of time between the games. It was only what, 48 hours or 72 hours between the last two games in the cup final. Yeah. So but is there anything to take? If you want to put in a Liverpool player, which is probably an absolutely fine option to do, is there any risk there that they're just not going to play whatsoever? Do we stay away from Liverpool for punting? For punting, it depends on if uh, Salah's confirmed fit or not. I think Diaz would be the best punt of them all for Liverpool this yeah. this game week. If Salah's out, obviously if Salah's not out, then you would suspect he's probably going to play a part in the game with him still playing for the golden boot. What do we, So what do we predict for the top th- for the front three for the weekend? Um, it's difficult to say, isn't it? I would probably. I mean, it's 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 been the age-old question, mate. We've had thirty-eight game weeks of predicting the front three. <laughs> well, maybe it's not thirty-eight. Probably since January, since Diaz has came in, was when it just became a lot more difficult. Yeah. Well, Jota played on the weekend. Yeah, but they've have they got their eye on rotating because of the Champions League final, obviously the week after as well. It's going to be a difficult one. I don't see him risking Salah. Do you not? I think Klopp. I think by Klopp's lineup yesterday, the fact that like Robertson and Diaz were both on the bench, so they were both clearly fit. I, I think he thinks the league's gone. Yeah, nah, I totally agree. I think he knows City are going to win the league at this point. If I was to predict the, the front three, if Salah's fit, I would say Salah, Mane and Diaz with a shot of playing last night but yeah I think I don't think Salah's I think Salah probably only make the bench and he'll he'll keep it as Jota Mane and Diaz instead yeah yeah so I think definitely the player of the match for this one could potentially be Luis Diaz I'm in agreement with you there yeah score prediction though score prediction I'm going to go with 3-1 to Liverpool 3-1 yeah I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet but yeah I think Wolves will give him a scare same way Southampton do but I think 3-1 is a fair result Final game of the game week. Now, this is a biggie because I think there's a lot of people on Spurs now probably looking at this and also knowing that they need to get something at Norwich. Is there any danger of a Norwich scare? They can't be, can they? They can't. I think not. Surely not. But then again, they scored against Wolves on the weekend. But before that, they got to be 4 0 off West Ham when they were at home. So if that's anything to go by, I can see Spurs win 4 5 0 here. Really? You think it's going to be that, that clear cut? I do, especially with Spurs at the moment. Their attacking performances have been top-notch. Kane's really back into form of last season. Obviously, Son's still striving for the golden boot. And Kulisevsky's been a really good player since he signed. So, yeah, I can see him scoring a lot of goals. But he has a little question for you before we give predictions. Um, if Spurs are 3-0 up on 80 minutes and they get a penalty... 
to win the Golden Boot, do you think Kane would let Son take Ooh. it? Or would Kane still want to take, as you know, Kane still trying to beat Shearer's record? That's I was just going to say there, which one's more important? Obviously, for the here and now, the Son one would be more important. But I, I, it depends when the minute was, because if, Conte, if that was in the 60th minute and it was 3-0, I think Conte would be like Kane on it. If it was in the 85th minute, I think maybe his son get on it. I think he'll always think in the back of his mind, the worst case scenario, and he's obviously, he needs to be seen to have made success. And if something like that came down to it, then he would feel absolutely stupid. I still think Kane would take it. Yeah, I think Kane would take it maybe to the latter part of the game. If they're 3-0 up, 75 minutes onwards, I think he would give it to Son. But anything before that, probably Kane still. Yeah, but for you, obviously, we've talked about this bet a few times on the podcast now. You put a... A gamble on at the start of the season that Salah would be the highest score scorer on the Prem and Mitro would be the highest score scorer on the Championship. Obviously, Mitro has smashed that, but it's a four-figure return now. Is there any squeaky bums at the moment? I've actually cashed that out, so I cashed that. Oh, I had, right. I had, I had two different bets with Salah in, so I had the Salah and Mitrovic for just over a thousand pounds, and then I had Salah, Benzema, Lewandowski, and um, Immobile for eight hundred pounds as well. And right. I cashed out the Salah Mitro one for 850, and then I cashed out the uh, other one for 450 as well. So I took 1300 in total instead of 1800. Um, but oh, I right. didn't want to risk it because if if uh, Son scores and the the um, the share the top scorer, um, it would get quarter of the odds, and Salah was the biggest price out of them all, so I would have lost it quite a bit. I hadn't realised it would quarter the odds. I thought it would just give you because they were top score score anyways nah they give you a quarter of the odds if they if it's shared they don't go off like top assists or anything like that either like they do in the uh, Premier League I think it goes off most assists after that um, so Salah might still get it in the end if they were level but on, on the bet it would be quarter of the odds so I would lose about 300 400 quid anyways off that Oh, I'm quite surprised by that, to be honest. Yeah, I think you've made a good decision, cash out. And I know you're very against the cash out option, so um, fair play to you. Thank, fair play to you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> score predictions then, we're saying 4 or 5. Aye, I'll go on 4 nil on this one. Well, I'll go a bit more conservative. I'll say 2 1 Norwich. I think Norwich will score first as well. Wow. That's a, bold, that's a bold, bold, bold prediction, that is. It is, mate. But so that's the 38 games rounded up, Stephen. Yes. I want you to tell me who is your punt of the week then. Out of all the games the players have managed, after all the teams we've mentioned, what are we saying? Yeah. Well, who, if you were going to punt, you're sitting there mid-table, you've got a transfer to make, who are you going for? Yeah, so I did set out this question for you and I said it had to be maximum 2% owned. Um, I went for Pulisic. He's 7.9 million, only 0.7% owned and... Just what I said before there with Havertz and Werner likely to be missing. He's become a much more attractive option against the shambles of a defence in Watford. Yeah. And, I mean, I only read this message that you had sent me about an hour before recording. So I was scrambling to see who was under 2% owned. And he's already had a little mention in the podcast. Uh, Christian Eriksen, 5.6 million. He's 1.5% owned. So if your punt needs to be a cheap one because you're quite confident of all the other players that you've got going, I think... He's a good option. He's um, only 1.5% owned. He's been best Brentford's best player by a country mile this season. And it's probably... We're predicting that he's going to move on in the summer. 
I don't think he's going to be around for much longer, is he? It was just a six-month contract, wasn't it? It looks like it, I. Um, I think there'll be a lot of teams snapping at his heels now with how he's performed at the latter part of this season. Looks like he's, he's still in the form of the old Ericsson when he was at Spurs, so I can see him going to be a better team. Where do you think you'll go, though, out of curiosity? I mean, I know obviously he can't go back to Italy because of the rules with the heart stent or whatever it is he has put in. Is there any other countries that we're aware of that have got a similar rules that would rule him out from going to them as well? Or is it going to be quite easy for him to get a move? I think it'll be quite easy for him to get a move. I could see him playing in Spain, to be honest, suit their type of football. Um, even at a, at a better team in, in, the, in the Premier League, I think he could go to. Um, I would be surprised if someone like Spurs didn't go back in for him with the way... Um, the way that he's performed in the latter part of the season. Um, he's got a lot of creativity. Sometimes Spurs have missed that during the parts of the season. So I could see him going still to a better team either in England or in Spain. I think there's actually been a few rumours about Spurs. Now, I don't know if it's just lazy journalism because it's easy just to link the two together. But I think it's definitely, it would fit, wouldn't it? I mean, they've got Heuberg and Ben Tanker as that would have been very good back end of this season. So you might not just get in straight away, but it's definitely a good option for them, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Even if he's not in the starting lineup off the bench, he can change a game, which we've seen him do quite regularly yeah. for Brentford. So imagine what he can do with uh, Kulisevsky, uh, Kane and Son in front of him. Yeah. That's very, very true. So, Stephen, Gimmick38, this is the last time I'll ask you this question. How is your team looking? It's not looking too bad, to be honest. Um, I'm playing five at the back at the moment. So, wow. I am hoping for some clean sheets. But as you know, I went uh, big at the back on my wild card anyways. Um, so, the team's looking quite good. Um, transfer plans, I'm looking to bring in Son. Um, more than likely Saka's going to have to make way because I don't want to lose Mount against Watford. Um, That's fair. So Have you got the money sitting in the bank for that or is that going to take a couple of transfers? No, I've got the money sitting there for it uh, with his taking Salah out on the weekend. He's spared up, of course, spared yeah. up a bit of cash. But yeah, I think I'm going to bring in Son. I'll probably captain him as well. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, I, mean, I think my team looks quite good for this game week. What about you, Dan? Yeah, well, I mean, I've talked on a few podcasts going the last few weeks that I've I wanted to keep two transfers for the final game week because I was sitting there with an Everton and I had three Villa. Mm. Um, obviously, the Salah injury, I mean, I couldn't sit there with him on the bench when there was two players like Son, who I did bring in, who had a good fixture against Burnley. But obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but at least I've got him in now. Um, but obviously, I used two transfers instead of the one. So I do only have one transfer this week, and I currently have three Villa players still. Um, I'm pretty big at the back as well. Cancelo, Laporte, Trent and Alonso is all fine. The midfield five at the moment is Zaha, Son, De Bruyne, Coutinho and Gordon with Nketiah up top. So in terms of firepower, I don't feel like I've got a huge deal. The transfer I've got in mind at the moment is Coutinho to Luis Diaz. I've got the money for that, um, which I think would might be a nice one. But I wouldn't be averted to taking a minus four this week, depending on... Obviously, this all depends on any injuries tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be averted to taking a minus four. And I really do fancy Callum Wilson against Burnley. So, potentially, Watkins out for Callum Wilson. And that means I would be able to replace Coutinho and Gordon in my starting eleven which would become a 4-4-2 and looks just a lot tastier to look at as well. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot of things can happen between now and this time tomorrow in terms of injuries and things. So nothing's set in stone for me at the moment. 
but we'll just see how it goes. No, it definitely sounds good. Them two transfers are very interesting, and I think it'll be a good one for the end of season when we're in the pub watching it. It's going to be a very, very scary end of the season, though, mate, because you are... I think that's... I think, let's be honest now, we can be perfectly honest with each other now. That's what we're aiming for now. The mini, the mini league's more important than what the overall rank. Of course, they all both come hand in hand, but... Listen, I'll be totally honest with you. If I don't win this mini league, then I'm not going to Tenerife in September. <laughs> I'll be just, I'll, I'll be distraught as well. I think I'll not be going out again. I don't think if I didn't win this mini league. But just, I'm just saying that, just in case you want to take a few minus twelves or something <laughs> this week. Like I, me and my family, as in my young child, will not go on holiday if I don't win this. <laughs> so just saying. No, nah, uh, I think that's uh, motivated us a little bit more to win it now. That's shocking. <laughs> See you at home. Again, hashtag, can, I, can I get hashtag Stephen out from the FPL community, please? <laughs> can I have the holiday then if you didn't go on it? Can I just do a name change? Yeah? I'll charge you double. <laughs> right, so we'll wrap that up there, Stephen. And for the final time this season, good luck for the game week, everyone. Good luck, everyone. We'll probably be on a few podcasts in the summer as well. Um, so you'll you'll see what we're about. Or yeah, we're about. Yeah, well, we'll, do, we'll, we'll probably do one the Monday or Tuesday or whatever after game week 38 just to review the season as a whole Yeah. and then we'll get some summer plans and then we'll be back in the airwaves before you know it. Sounds good. Well, best luck everyone. Best luck, Dan. Big. Yes, best of luck, Stephen. May the best man win. Yes, cheers. I'll catch you later. Catch you later.